0: Welcome. This is Hikes16 Presents. I'm Matthew Provost, and today I am here with Patrick from Fox Naturals. Uh, Patrick, how's it going? It is going. It's going really well. It is going. That's awesome. So we're here early in the morning, sipping on some coffee and talking about uh, business today with Patrick. Patrick owns Fox Naturals, um, a new skincare uh, destination in the wealthy Um, street neighborhood, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah. So Patrick, tell us a little bit about maybe you as a child or your (laughs) inspiration, or I don't know. I just kind of want to hear a little bit more about your background and how you've gotten (laughs) to where you are today.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I actually grew up in Chicago, so I'm not a Grand Rapids native. (laughs) Um, And I've been making soap and playing around with soap almost my entire life. Um, It started as a kid. Whereas I would make, uh, ridiculously enough, like, little concoctions in the sink. Really? To, oh, my gosh. It was me and my sister, we would, like, put the soap in the sink and, like, try to create our own perfumes or fragrances. And I loved the idea of taking an ingredient and turning it into something else.
0: Totally. Even
1: though I didn't know what I was doing when I was five years old. Right, right. <laughs> um, my grandma did a lot of herbal work and okay. things like that. So. I thought the idea of taking a flower and turning it into something beautiful or more beautiful Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: bringing inspiration from that was fascinating. So it kind of started there and Mm -hmm. then
0: turned into a business. (laughs) So you were inspired by your grandmother then? Yeah, a lot.
1: A lot of the business was inspired by her. Um, The name actually comes from my grandpa. And he whittled me, woodworked me, if that's what you call it, (laughs) a wooden fox when I was a kid. So it kind of held up through the times of just needing to have that connection to family. Because I'm not a woodworker, and most of the people in my family were. And I wanted to have a connection, but I didn't know how to create that connection. I'm, I just can't do woodwork. So, so,
0: it's soap tough. making it was, yeah. is difficult. So, yeah. soap
1: making it was, I, I took that way.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah,
1: it was a lot of fun.
0: So then you, you know, you kind of got your hands dirty as a kid trying to experiment with different types of soaps and that kind of thing. So what, um, what was next?
1: Your... So, yeah. Um, in the kind of craze of Etsy, the business came around, I think it was like in, in 2008 was everyone was getting on board with having their own small business or being creative. And I remember thinking, okay, I've done this or I've, I've made stuff before, so why not really dive into it? And I remember my first bar of soap was a rosemary clay um, melt and pour soap. And it was a disaster. It was horrible. <laughs> And it wasn't even real soap making. It was just melting something down and adding (laughs) oils to it. But that failure kind of made me realize that we have to work really hard for these little... Like everything that everyone's doing is actually a lot of work. And I think we see things online like Pinterest, Etsy, Instagram, and we're like, oh, we can do that. Mm. Um, And it's actually a lot of work. (laughs) But that drove me to wanting to create something that was me and that I was passionate about. So, yeah, I bought a couple books on soap making and invested a good chunk of money um, on something that I knew was going to be more than just a hobby one day, Mm -hmm. and it just developed over time. By 2012, I had multiple soaps that I was making, um, lotions I had started. I was doing candles. Um, I started my first skincare line, so it was a big jump from that first batch of soap into,
0: in two years (laughs) too. Yeah. Yeah. In two years. Yeah. Two years. Yep. I just
1: buckled down and was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to create. So in 2012, it really became a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course I was still working and doing, doing the corporate
0: corporate job corporate life. job yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. tell us a little bit about that so I worked in retail so okay, I did a lot which of re- is good knowledge to have oh my gosh yeah. it
1: is much of a nightmare as working in retail is I think when we go into a mall we just kind of automatically think like what are these people learning or what are they doing but it taught me everything that building a store needs to be Absolutely. I went from yeah I went from working as a, a cashier for the, the seasonal holiday to becoming a manager to becoming um, a higher up manager to working on merchandising for companies like Bath and Body Works. So mm-hmm. it's a it taught me everything I know about the retail world.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is a like whole ball game in itself. I oh think my gosh, a yeah. lot of small businesses um, that's like one of the hardest parts is just figuring out retail and foot traffic and how people interact with a space and how people like respond to stuff (laughs) and it's so interesting like we we had in the shop at one point this like china hutch cabinet with stuff in it and even though the doors were open on the china hutch cabinet no one would ever like take anything or buy anything out of it. Cause it's that idea installed in your head. Like you don't You, know, touch you it. go to grandma's house and you don't touch that china cabinet. Like, and there's like little things like that, which we then were like, all right, we got to get rid of this thing. Cause the instant I would take something out of it and put it in a different place, someone would buy it. And I'm just like, but those are, but that's such a
1: good mindset to have
0: and to understand yeah. because it,
1: it, it's so true. We, we don't understand how people shop or why people shop. Mm. And when I first started making product, it was your classic, uh, kind of farmer's market look. If Mm -hmm. you look at my products, when I first started to what I have now, it's a whole different world. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from working with bigger companies was that there is a place for that marketing and I can bring that art into it. I can bring my love for design into the labels and the, the other people's love for design they they look at something and they will buy it if they like it Absolutely. if it looks bright if it looks fun
0: mm. if it has an avocado on it they will buy it
1: they yeah. will,
0: they yeah. will come and buy it so yeah. you have to know those things you have to know how it works that's awesome so what was the transition point for you going from a corporate job to now owning your own small business well I mean you 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 owned your own business mm-hmm. still throughout that corporate job then right
1: yeah so so
0: what were you doing like pop-ups kind of stuff or yeah, tons
1: of pop-ups. Um online. Yeah. I so Fox Naturals didn't become a a real business until only three years ago. So I did not actually become like an LLC business. I didn't have a website Mm -hmm. up until three years ago. Okay. I was mainly doing it at some festivals and I had never done like a an actual pop-up before. My first pop-up was in Grand Rapids on Wealthy Street at Lambride. And it was terrifying and fun (laughs) all at the same time because I didn't understand. I didn't understand the concept. Like I knew what a craft fair was. I had no idea what a pop-up was. And it changed my idea of what you can do with a small business Um, because I can do a pop-up. In Grand Rapids, you can do a pop-up every weekend if you want to. And a lot of venues are free to do. And you can be a business without having a brick and mortar, which is amazing, especially yeah. when you are You're working just like a corporate starting job. Starting out, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and then I only quit my job last year, okay. so it has not been a long time. Yeah, um, I think that it's important for people to know that sometimes you have to work two jobs or you have to put in those eighty-hour work weeks mm-hmm. in order to make those dreams come true. Um, I wanted to save up enough money where I was financially safe, yeah, but yeah, last summer was the tipping point for me I was like i can 't balance both things, yeah. and so i had to I had to step away from that world and dive
0: headfirst into the Focus real yeah, your, yeah. Your business and mm-hmm. that kind of thing so other than the experience of um, having retail knowledge in a space, what else do you think you pulled from? from working in that industry that has made or influenced your business that you currently have today, other than like the kind of (laughs) display or um, kind of retail side, anything else kind of customer base or anything like that? Did you pull from it? A Mm -hmm. lot
1: of customer stuff. I mean, it's a big, I think everyone is getting to the point where they don't like going to malls because people are hounding you to buy a product that they have no connection to. And, what I took from that is we have to respect the people that are coming in. They're not just mm-hmm. money, they're not just objects. Um, we were taught in in any retail job that you ever work. you're taught to find out their needs and then add on add on add on mm-hmm. and that taught me to not do that, so it kind of yeah. I took away that these are people they're coming in at every walk of life. I want my products to be for. Everyone, no matter how it, you know, you might never have used a natural product in your life and you're walking enough the street. I don't want you to feel like you need to buy a whole kit or a whole set or spend $250. Right. You're here for the experience. You're here to learn. You're here to gain something. Yeah. And we don't have those personal connections at the mall anymore i mean you might have a couple years ago but if
0: you know someone that's working there maybe that's gonna be the
1: extent i think that there are a couple (laughs) specialty stores that you walk into and they might like but you don't get that knowledge like when you're walking into a small business and and that was such a big takeaway for me Mm -hmm. um it was almost hard to break that habit of oh my gosh what can i help you with let me add on a million things but once you break down that wall and say, okay, what are your needs? What, what is your budget? What do you actually what are you actually looking for? That's what matters more, getting to know totally. that person and, and totally. understanding them.
0: Well, and when you own a small business, the relationships that you establish with your customers are far more important than um, stuff that happens in a big scale, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what's gonna, but the, the, that customer base that you establish is what's gonna keep you striving. Um, and, and really connecting with them, um, is super important. Um, we've definitely realized that here in our, in our space, but, um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. So let's see. So you transitioned it into leaving your corporate job. Um, Hmm. And then what? And then what? <laughs> it
1: it got a little crazy. So everything happened really fast. So mm-hmm. I quit in the summer and I kind of was like, okay, I've got a million pop-ups going on. We did one at, um, donkey and I got to eat tacos and sell soap <laughs> all day. So that was great. Um, which who, who can go wrong? Like when you're yeah. eating tacos and, and right. selling soap, but I was on wealthy again, I found myself on wealthy. Once again, I had done probably at this point, like, 20 pop-ups on Wealthy Street um, between Mokaya Chocolate Shop. They've hosted me a million times, and my response was always so great. I connected with the street. I connected with the the customer base in that area yeah. and just the overall energy of that street. And so I was like, this is where I want to be. But I had no idea of how to find a store, how to open yeah. a brick and mortar. And... Um, I accidentally stumbled on the building that I was in. I think I found it in November, um, which was not a big time from leaving my job in the summer to finding a spot. Uh, The first time I saw the spot, too, it was like hole in the floor, boarded up buildings. It had been boarded up
0: for like 10 years. Yeah, because we're
1: uh, we're at 619 Wealthy. So it's, uh, I mean, yeah, 15 years it was abandoned. Yeah. And when I looked at it, they hadn't even started construction on it yet. Dang. And, um, it was a nightmare. It was kind of frightening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. so they're
0: going to turn this into what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> to imagine yourself in a building. And then also to hear, you know, that the plan, it's so different from trying to envision it in your head, yeah. like, Oh yeah. How am I going to bring product into the space? Um, and then I actually interviewed with them, so they wanted to make sure that all the businesses were flowing that mm-hmm. are unwealthy. And we interviewed; we sent in a little, uh, almost like a resume of just this is who we are, this is our business. And we got a response back within, I want to say like twenty minutes, where Dang. they were just like, "Yeah, we want to, we want to put you in this building. We want to see you here." And that's when my heart started going. I was like, like, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. I was (laughs) like, (laughs) I think for so long, because I had looked at places, I think I've been looking at buildings for probably the last two years, just dreaming. Yeah. And to have a space actually say, okay, we're committed. And then me to have to say, oh yeah, I'm committed (laughs) to wait, wait, slow down. Is this happening? Um, It's kind of like when you jump into a relationship really fast, you're like, wait, what just happened?
0: Right.
1: Um, but it was probably the best decision I decided to make. So <laughs> that's totally. good. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a really cute spot. So it's um, on Wealthy Street, right across the road from Wealthy Street Bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in on the what would be the north side of Wealthy Street Road. Um, and it's a little building that, what's the cross street? Is that Paris?
1: No, James. James There's Union, like one street is, it's weird cause it's like, right. it takes up the whole block. So yeah. it's Union and then James. On so the it's other in end. between mm-hmm. Union
0: and James on Wealthy. And there are, what is it? Four or five? Four. four, four different units, commu- yeah. uh, commercial units in that strip. And it has just been, um, updated, you know last year um, which is really cool to see that kind of develop and turn from an eyesore into a into beautiful, something beautiful. Cute little building. Um yeah, so that's really that's really cool. So you got the space now and what what are your what are your dreams <laughs> for it? What's what's next now in the in the step <laughs> of of now having a like space to be able to do whatever you want with.
1: So that is the question
0: (laughs) of the hour. I've, I've been asking myself
1: that. I mean, you work for something for a really long time and then you achieve that dream and then you're like, wait, what, what now? What do I do now? Right. Um, so the real big thing for me now is developing and creating new product. Um, A lot of the product that I have, I've had for a while, Mm -hmm. and so I'm always developing something new, coming up with something new, and finding new ways to involve the community or my customers. Um, Mm -hmm. We're we're really excited to be partnering with other makers on Mm -hmm. things that are involved with what I'm selling, Mm -hmm. not just bringing something in randomly, but Mm -hmm. bringing something in that other people make that... Is relatable or useful for what I'm doing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you have recently commissioned um, a couple of artists, artists mm-hmm. that we have in our shop too, as well to make stuff for the the shop, which I think is really awesome. I mean, of course, supporting local artists is is all the all the stuff right now. I mean, we got to support <laughs> these artists in Grand Rapids, so that's really cool. I. I must commend you for for that kind of going down that avenue and not buying wholesale stuff cuz that's where it kind of you know you lose that like handmade vibe mm-hmm. once you go down the spiral road of wholesale. It's so easy. It's yeah. so easy
1: to jump into wholesale and mm-hmm. I think that there is a there's a space for it. There's yeah, a, there's absolutely. a place for it. Yep. But there is so much creativity in our city that talent it, yeah. it's, it's phenomenal. And there is, I mean, it's hard because not everyone is making soap holders. So right. uh, for me, it was like, okay, I need to find someone who can make what I'm, what I'm looking for. Yeah. Take my ideas and actually create them. Absolutely. And being able to partner with people and saying, you know, Hey, I know you're used to making mugs or wall hangings, but can mm-hmm. you, Transition that into a soap holder or yeah. um, uh, a mug that could be used for mixing face masks in, or a little yeah. bowl, or yeah. or the things that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time, they're going to say yes. Right. So it's kind of yeah. even better that way. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sometimes they're <laughs> like, "What do you What are you talking about?" And what you're getting you a custom
0: made piece, which is. A you know beautiful piece of artwork just in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So taking that like everyday utility and um, where you could easily go to a wholesale place and buy Mm. them and for probably much cheaper, so um, much in the long run. (laughs) But you're losing that quality, and I think that's what. that's why customers are coming to you. So yeah, let's talk about product a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. So we had talked about soap, yes. but that's really the only, <laughs> the only thing that we've talked about. So you have quite a product line. I do. Um, in your space, not only soaps, but, um, you know, facial stuff. So I'm just interested to hear, like, <laughs> give me a spiel of, of your product line. Yeah.
1: So <clears throat> gosh, right now we have four different, um, skincare lines, so my concept starting out was to create skincare lines that all work together and that targeted different needs but on a broad spectrum. So when you go into the grocery store, you will always see this face wash, this face wash, this face wash, but never any solid packages where they're they're all targeting something different or or the same thing and can be combined and mixed and matched. Totally. So having, uh, we currently have a charcoal line, a citrus line, and then two cream washes um, for dry skin. So we kind of target a little bit of all skin types, but then we have specialty skincare. So we do serums, face masks, eye creams. All sorts Damn. of yeah, all sorts of stuff in the skincare department, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Sometimes a challenge. I'm working on an oil cleanser right now, Ooh. and right, it, it sounds great. Um, and it sounds easy. Yeah, it's probably one of the most simple uh, recipes as far as ingredients go, but yeah. it has been one of the most challenging to figure out how it works and how the ratios are going to play out, and absolutely what skin type it's for. And yeah, always something
0: new to so. All organic, all handmade. I mean, what does your production look like? <laughs> I, I can like. Crazy. What I'm envisioning <laughs> is someone in like a white suit with goggles and like, you know, <laughs> like full on like kind scientist of. mode, like looking at little little beakers full <laughs> of things. Is exactly. that how Some, it is?
1: Similar. Um, okay. So we're lucky enough to work with an organics lab. Okay. Um, so everything that I formulate, everything that I come up with, gets tested. And the reason behind that is when you're working with natural and organic content, you want to make sure that you're getting a product that's shelf stable, but also not going to irritate someone's skin or cause issues. We're here to help solve problems, not make more problems for you. So starting out a recipe can come from, generally it comes from me picking an ingredient that I love that's, Uh, inspired by nature so if you think about my blue tansy serum it was okay i i love this it's blue tansy it's a flower it's pretty it's uh, it's really good for your skin how can i create that into a product then it's figuring out the recipe testing the recipe myself then sending that recipe out to get tested by a lab where they're in white coats and uh, (laughs) test tubes and making sure that everything's good um, so you can look, you can be looking at sometimes four months for a product to be really take to shape go from yeah.
0: idea to actual production. Exactly. It mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: does all the production then after it comes back from the test labs, then go back into your hands and you can create them?
1: Yeah, most of it. So okay. I can do, um, pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. We still use the lab for some production. Um, But all of the soaps, lotions, things like that, we we like to keep it here.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, it's something that I can still do,
0: and it's fun. I mean, that's why you're doing what you're doing. Exactly, that's the whole like handmade Mm -hmm. part.
1: Exactly. Um, When it comes to the cosmetic side, you just have to walk a fine line Mm -hmm. with what is all right to be making yourself and what yeah. needs a kitchen or what needs a lab yeah. that is sterile. And totally. You know, when you see those things and they're in those the suits, the white suits and the hair nets and the big gloves, yeah. it's kind of intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> um but the cool part about it is that you can work with these labs and the way that they're sourcing ingredients is so much better than what I could ever even imagine, so working with an organics lab has changed the quality of my ingredients. Um, I've only been working with them for the last year and a half now, so up until that point I was doing everything in my kitchen, Yeah. yeah. And, um, I was sourcing ingredients from all over yeah. and when I switched over to using the lab and actually being accepted, cause it's a whole application process oh, I can and they have to test your recipes and make sure you're not just crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and the whole, the whole part about it is that now I know where if I'm using LG, I know exactly where the algae is coming from Um, and they source their algae from um, Portland at at an algae farm where they're hydroponically growing it and we're not getting anything that isn't sustainably sourced. My lab doesn't use um, dead sea salts because it has such an environmental impact. Mm -hmm. Um, They source palm oil from places that are giving back to the communities. If they do use palm oil, a lot of their whole processing plants are all vegan, so you don't you don't see that um, mm-hmm. when you're at home maker because we have to source from somewhere, and we're ending up sourcing from third party manufacturers where we get so removed from it totally. And honestly, or you don't
0: even know the. Cause and effect of that exactly, transaction. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because, because there it's are out so, of your hands. exactly. Like, you're just like I just need the. I just need the
1: thing. <laughs> and like, a lot of the times, something will say you can order organic, whatever online, right. and we don't know if that's actually organic. Yeah. Um. We don't know where it's coming from, but having this lab and working through them and not having a third party and getting everything directly from them, sourced from them is such a game changer because now I know exactly. And when I do need bulk ingredients and for everything that I do make, it still goes through them. Right. So I know still all of those ingredients are coming from that same place. Yeah. They're being sourced from great sustainable resources and coming to me and then I can make it, which
0: just totally changes it up and I love it. Totally. And that's something that like, if I were a customer, I would be kind of like, okay, so I'm going to put this handmade stuff on my face and put full faith in you mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's not some random product. And I think that that legitimacy of having a lab then, um, you know, make this specialty um, stuff just adds to the quality of your brand mm-hmm. um, and the, you know, the trustworthiness that you kind of have to establish when you do any kind of cosmetic or face kind of stuff, because people are, you know, they're uneasy about that.
1: Well, it's like, scary. It's yeah. not. It's not like a piece of art that you just put on your wall, right? Um, because that, you know, we want to know that exactly where it was made and all these mm-hmm. different things. When it comes to skincare, especially um, clinical skincare or something mm. that's strong enough to fight acne or help reduce fine lines or redness or help with eczema or rosacea. Those are things that, yeah, we love it still being natural and we love it being organic, but it's kind of scary thinking that, Hey, someone might've just cooked this up in their kitchen. And I mean, I have two cats Uh and if I was continuing to make that in my kitchen, it would have been horrible. Right. Selling at farmer's markets is one thing. Yeah. Um, and making those small batches cuz we still do everything in small batch too mm-hmm. even through the lab we never go over um 5 pounds of product at a time. Oh wow. We keep all of all of our recipes are developed for small batch. And that it makes it a completely different yeah. um, scenario too. Absolutely. But it just makes it so that I can have those certifications and I can talk to people and yeah. let them know. So that's awesome. Yeah.
0: That's super cool. I'm so stoked for, for you and for your space and, um, knowing that like there are, there's so much love going into (laughs) a product. And, um, I, I definitely appreciate the fact that like you have started this brand and it has grown now into the, the quantity that it is and, um, kind of, uh, now it's just a fuel of fire. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no one knows where it's going to go next. <laughs> no one knows where it's going to go
0: next. Well, you have quite a product line, which was interesting to hear about. Um, I didn't know too much about, the, about that product line. Um, and I think it's so cool, too, the fact that like your stuff is still handmade. Like, you're mm-hmm. still the one back there, you know, mixing things up and testing things out and playing around with So stuff. much fun. <laughs> I, yeah, I was definitely one of those kids that liked to make, like, slime and yeah. just, like, random things like that when I was young because, I don't know, it's just interesting putting uh, Elmer's glue <laughs> in the microwave and seeing what happens. Oh, which, well, <laughs> so. it, it's fun,
1: and you think, uh, to everyone who who tries out that stuff or has a kid who is making stuff, yeah. I think the big takeaway is don't tell them not to do it. Yeah. Don't tell them to clean up that mess or whatever, yeah. because me and my sister really did. We would make these perfumes or make these weird concoctions and try to sell them to our neighbors. <laughs> and yeah, at the time it was ridiculous, but my my parents were always like, okay, sure, go out, do it, have yeah. fun. and play with the dirt, play with Mm -hmm. the flowers, find out what is what, Mm -hmm. because now it's a business. And you never know what those little creative pieces are gonna carry with you for your whole life. And I'll never forget those memories. And they influence every time I'm sitting there mixing something yeah. new up, or you have that like. Flashback I do. Moment. I have that flashback of yeah. me and my sister, yeah, making potions in the bathroom <laughs> sink, and I'm like, wow, now I'm making it, but also, you know, doing what I love and, and totally. still have that connection. So it's your parents me. must be proud. Of you <laughs> I, I can only flourish. I can only hope. Right? Yeah. I I hope so. <laughs> I hope they're not just thinking like, wow, that was a lot of cologne <laughs> yeah. and aftershave yeah. down the drain down the for drain. this exactly. Like, no, they, they're very proud. They're very happy that I did something with it. I think yeah, that's, that's awesome. what they're happy about. They're like, wow, he wasn't just crazy. That, that works out. That's
0: super cool.
1: <laughs> I was either going to make soap or become a witch. So they were like, yeah. it was one or the other. And I think they're happy with
0: the, the, the outcome happy. of it. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. For sure. For sure. Well, it was wonderful talking with you, Patrick. Yes. Thank I, you for having me. I appreciate you coming down and uh, chatting with us. And um, good luck with your summer endeavors. And uh, maybe we'll have to we'll have to have you back on, how would we can catch to come up back. and yes. uh, you know talk about how summer went and all of that stuff on on wealthy. So cool, awesome. Thanks, thank you.